embrace today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host a pre-curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good evening. Welcome to season four of Embrace Today. We have had a good long break and we are excited to delve back into and finish off the book of Esther. So again, season four, we are going to conclude the book of Esther and starting tonight will be in Esther chapter six, verses one through nine. Again, that's Esther chapter six, verses one through nine. Welcome to Embrace Today. I'm your host, Dupree Curry. We're here at Embrace Today. We embrace our today with hope and expectation through the Word of God. And so before we jump into our prayer for tonight, I would just like to give a special shout out and a warm welcome to Ireland. Ireland has joined the Embrace Today family. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting what God is doing through this podcast. Amen. So again, tonight we're going to be in Esther chapter six, verses one through nine. And as almost always, I'll be reading from the New International Version. And it reads, That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this, the king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, who was in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered the king when Haman entered the king asked him what should be done for the man the king delights to honor Now Haman thought to himself who is there that the king would rather honor than me So he answered the king for the man the king delights to honor have them bring a royal robe that the king has worn a royal crest placed on his head then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day, God. 
We thank you for another opportunity, Lord, for us to listen and delve into your word, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that your word can speak to each and every one of us individually, regardless of who we are, regardless of our circumstance, Lord. We thank you that your word continues to speak truth, God, and we thank you that your word continues to provide freedom. We just ask as it goes forth this, this evening that it speaks to each and every one of us, Lord, that we believe what your word is saying to us, Lord, and that we walk in the power and the authority that is given to us. Father, we need you. We love you. We thank you and we praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Now, most often when we hear someone use the word karma, it's typically surrounding something that's negative. It's typically surrounding something um, negative that someone has done. And so we'll hear someone say, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. Karma will get them or karma will get her. But when we think about karma, is karma really only focused on the negative? Most commonly used in Hinduism and Buddhism, karma is basically, it's the relationship between a person's mental or physical actions and then the consequences that follow that particular action. Now, within these two particular religions, it goes a little deeper, but we're just going to stay surface. That's all we need to do tonight. We just stay in surface regarding karma. Amen. So, Basically, what this this definition of karma is, it's similar to the term that we may have learned in science class. You know, it's similar to cause and effect. Additionally, this can happen as a result of this. So if you do this, then you'll get this. If you don't do this, then you won't get this. And so as we think about karma a little further, and as we think about some of the things that we can think about what cause and effect. We can look further at some, uh, at, we can look further at this. And if we are thinking about the scripture right now, I'm sure some of us had got the little ding, ding, ding that came in our head. And we thought about what? Reaping and sowing. In Galatians 6, it says, a man reaps what he sows. So in other words, a man is going to get back what he gives. Amen. So if we think about this though, when we hear someone say they'll reap what they sow, they're always often talking in the negative. Amen. So when you say someone did something to me or someone did something to someone else or someone just has a pattern of doing something, they'll reap what they sow. It's almost often referred to as some or pertaining to something negative that has happened or continues to happen. But if we continue to look at Galatians 6, it causes us to shift our thinking just a little bit. So there's more to just reaping and sowing, right? It continues to say, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So whether we want to call it karma, cause and effect, what goes around comes around or reaping and sowing, this passage helps us to understand that we will be rewarded for the good that we do. And so you see, karma just doesn't, it's not just pertaining to the negative. It's not what goes around comes around is not just pertaining to the negative. Reaping and sowing is not just pertaining to the negative. 
So regardless of if we want to remove the Hindu and Buddhism term karma, if we don't want to use the secular term uh, uh what goes around comes around. We don't want to get into science with cause and effect. If we want to stick to the scripture, the scripture is promising us that we will be rewarded for the good that we do. Amen. And so the Bible, it also, it encourages us. It encourages us not to become weary in doing good. Because you see, at times doing good can become exhausting. It can seem like we're doing good for nothing. It can seem discouraging. It can cause us to become doubtful in any hope that may come in the future. Amen. At times, it seems like those that are doing bad and those that do us bad, it seems like they're winning. And although we try to do things the right way and we try to be the right type of person, it seems that the other side is always being rewarded. But again, the Bible encourages, encourages us here in Galatians, says don't become weary in doing good. Why? Because if we don't give up, our reward will come. But when? At the proper time. Have you ever been blessed just at a moment in time where you weren't expecting it, but you needed it? Has God ever showed up for you at a point in time where you thought you were losing? You thought that you were down and out. You were scared for your life. You were hiding. You were under distress. But God showed up just on time. That's the proper time. If we think about Esther chapter 5, it concluded with Haman's wife and all of his friends encouraging him to set up poles to have Mordecai the Jew, who was his enemy, right? Mordecai the Jew hung on them the next day. Now, just a little short recap. Haman was the enemy of the Jews. Haman had the king sign an edict to be able to exterminate all Jews. There was a day set where the Jews were going to be exterminated. Mordecai was in a frenzy. Because not only was he going to lose his life, but all of his people was going to lose their life because his enemy, Haman, had this edict signed. Haman hated Mordecai so much that he couldn't even wait till extermination day. He done got some advice from some people. He done set up some polls. So now he trying to do things out of the ordinary. He trying to do things and he out here plotting and planning, trying to do something that wasn't even scheduled to do. So if we think about that, we think about Esther chapter five, and then we think about today's verses. While Mordecai, while Mark, Mordecai is in a frenzy, Haman, Haman is planning to try to hang him tonight. The king can't sleep. The king is trying to figure out how can I reward this person? Remember, remind you, there was already an execution day that was set for the Jews. But again, Haman's rage is causing him to want to set these poles up and get it done quickly, right? His anger is so great. He wants to take Mordecai out now. Sometimes it is not anything that you have done, but it's your very presence and your very failure to bow down and submit to the people that's around you and the things that they operate in that causes them to hate you. But guess what? The king had another plan. So consequently, like I said earlier, the same night that Haman was planning to attempt uh, to hang Mordecai, the king had a plan as well. 
This sleepless night that the king had, it caused him to have a record of his reign read to him. He wanted it brought in and he wanted him to read it to him. This reading, it caused the king to recognize that his life had been spared. His life had been previously spared and there had not been anything done for the person that was responsible for it. In other words, we have here Mordecai, the Jew, the enemy of Haman, the one that Haman hated. He had sown good seed, yet he had not reaped his harvest. Isn't it ironic, though, how your enemy can be planning one thing for you while the king is planning another? Your enemy is trying to end your life, but thinking, but the king, he's preparing to shift you to a whole nother level. Your enemy, he's preparing to end your life, but the king is preparing to spare your life and the life of those connected to you. I told y'all at the start of the year, God is reversing everything that the enemy has taken from you and has prepared to take from you. It's some stuff that the enemy has prepared to take from you and you think you're getting ready to lose it, but watch out because God is about to reverse it. There's not going to be any more fear, any more lack, any more limitations, any more chaos. God is reversing it all. And don't be surprised by who he is going to use to get it done, which leads us into tonight's topic, back pay. When we think about back pay, back pay is normally a debt that's owed for something that's previously done. It's a debt that's owed but had not been given to the person who it's owed to. If we look at verses 2 and 3 of Esther chapter 6, we can see here that it was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Cheresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this, the king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendant answered. So when there's back pay, you have to understand that your actions are being discussed behind closed doors. You see, Mordecai was nowhere in the vicinity, yet his actions, his character, and what he did, what he sold was being discussed. You see, typically we are unaware when things are happening behind the scenes, and sometimes that's why we're in such a frantic, because we want to know everything that's going on. But I'm trying to tell you, the way that God operates, he operates behind the scenes. We may not know what's going on, but there are people behind the scenes discussing your character, discussing your good, discussing what you have done, discussing what you should have had and where you should be. There are people discussing that. And you see, Mordecai, he exposed the officers. The officers, they were going to kill the king. Remember, that, was, that came from the podcast in season three called uh, Inside Threat. But see, because Mordecai exposed this inside threat, he never received the reward that's typically given when you do something like that. But Mordecai, he continued to serve. He continued to do what he was called to do. Although he felt this way because he was in fear that this edict had gone on and it was getting ready to exterminate the Jews. Although he had exposed those two that were going to kill the officer and had not received his reward yet, he continued doing the work that God had him doing because he was humble. His character displayed that. 
And so if we can think about Mordecai from his introduction, he's being introduced as someone who was raising his cousin because her parents had died. He set her up to be able to get into a position to be able to get into the palace so she can have a better life. Mordecai was always thinking about someone else. But see, his actions, his actions are currently being discussed. They're being discussed at a time where he's least expected. You see, at times we can feel like we've been forgotten about. At times we can feel like the enemy is winning. At times we can feel like the end is coming and we have lost everything. But I'm trying to tell you, when it's time for back pay, when you are getting your back pay, there are people discussing you behind the scenes. Your actions are being discussed. Your character has, are, is being discussed. Your humility is being discussed. A lot of times we think that it's only that gossip and uh, they talking about me that's going on behind the scenes. But when it comes to back pay and the good that you have done, there are people, they see you. They know what you do. They know what you about. They know they can't stop you. And they're discussing that. But when God is in control, God will use whomever he wants to, to get the job done. God will use whomever he wants to, to bless you. God will use whomever he wants to, to get you where he want to be, to get you what he wants you to have. Back pay. We got to trust that God sees us and we, and that he'll, we'll be rewarded for all things. But the reward is going to come at the proper time. Amen. So again, if we look back at verses four through six, it says the king said, who is in the court? Now, Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. And when Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now, Haman thought to himself, who is there that the king would honor rather than me? So when there is back pay, you know that your actions are being discussed, but then you have to know that your enemy's plans are being disrupted. You see, the king's reminder that he owed a debt was established at the same time that your enemy was planning to destroy you. Remember, Haman is second in command to the king. So he has a close connection to the king. So it would seem that Haman would have the capability to do whatever he pleases, right? But just because it looks like the enemy is winning doesn't mean he is. There was an execution day set in place, but you pose such a threat to the enemy that he'll attempt to get you out the way as soon as possible. The crazy and ironic thing about it and the thing that I love is that the same time your enemy is plotting against you, the king is planning for you, the king is planning something that cannot be stopped, the king is discussing you, the king is pleased with you, but guess what? Even your enemy, even the one that hates you the most, cannot stop you. You see, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But guess what? We got power to stump all over that. But we got to believe it. We got to walk in it. And we got to do what God is calling us to do, regardless of what it looks like. You see, being faithful to the king, 
we will always be rewarded. And so you may look foolish to other people. They may call you a snitch, teacher's pet, whatever, employee pet. But guess what? Being faithful to the one who has positioned you, being faithful to the one who places you, the one who leads you, the one who protects you, the one who provides for you, being faithful to that one will always get you rewarded. The thief again comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So each time that thief think he is going to come and try to steal anything that you are getting ready to, to reap, uh-uh. Ain't going to work like that. Why? Because the word of God says, I will reap what I sow. So you can come if you want to. You can try me if you want to. But the king already said it's mine. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to be positioned in it. And I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to continue to give God the glory for everything he has done for me. I'm going to continue to focus on the king and the word that he has established in my heart. So don't worry about it. Your back pay is coming. It has already begun. Your enemy's plans are being disrupted. So while they think they got a good plan going, uh-uh. God's plan always prevails. And so we're going to go ahead and conclude with verses 6 through 9. So again, it says, Now Haman thought to himself, I'm in 6, Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king for the man the king delights to honor. Have them bring a royal robe the king was worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with the royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. And so when we're expecting back pay, I ain't even going to say expecting because sometimes we don't expect it. It just comes. But when we are owed, when we are getting ready to reap, we have to understand that our actions are being discussed. Our enemy's plans are being disrupted. But then lastly, our enemy becomes confused. You see, pride and arrogance blinded Haman. You see, it blinded him so much so that he thought that he was the only one that the king could want to honor. The enemy has a master as well, right? Self. So Haman was his own master. When one seeks to serve self, they can't see past themselves. They can't see past themselves or the destruction that they are causing themselves. So Haman was unable to see the reality of his life. He was unable to, to recognize that the voices that he had speaking into his life, they were not causing him to move forward. They were get, actually getting ready to help him pull himself down. Haman was blinded by himself and by the voices of the people that he chose to surround himself by. So your enemy becomes confused because all your enemy can see is themselves. Everything is about them, how, what they want, how they feel, when they want it, where they want it, with whomever they want it. Your enemy becomes confused. 
You see his confusion. It causes him to prepare the best parade, the best back pay, the best harvest that somebody would want to have. Because he's thinking he's planning something for himself. But you're planning it for the one you hate. The one that caused you to get so angry that you set up these poles to kill him early. You are preparing for your enemy. But you can't see it. And so his confusion, it caused him to go from plotting to planning. But he's blinded by himself. He prepared and wanted them to prepare all the highest honors for the person that the king wanted to honor. Amen. And I find it ironic that when we don't focus on the enemy, the enemy gets taken care of. You see, the enemy becomes confused. Only thing the enemy can see is themselves. The enemy wants to blame everyone else for the issue and they don't have a problem. But the enemy becomes confused when it's time for us to get back pay. You see, within 24 hours, he has planned to hang the life that he was now planning to honor. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. And so while he hated Mordecai so much, Mordecai continued on his life. Yes, he was fearful. But he continued on with his life and the king took care of him. So as the Apostle Paul reminds us in Galatians 6, we will reap what we sow. Mordecai is about to get all that is due to him. And so are we. God is reversing some things he has already started throughout this year. But this next thing. It's going to blow your mind. It's not only going to blow your mind on what it is, but it's going to blow your mind how you get it. It's going to blow your mind. But that's just how our God works. God is with us. So regardless of who tries to tear us down, regardless of who tries to destroy our character, our reputation, regardless of what people try to do, God is going to pay us back all. We will get back pay. Us not giving up paid off. Because at the proper time, we're going to reap our harvest. So for those of us that are still pressing, that are still moving, continue to move forward. It may seem like you're losing now or that something is going to fall. Keep pressing. Because at the proper time, you will be rewarded if you do not give up. Amen. So this concludes episode one, season four. Next week, we are going to talk about payback. This week was back pay. Next week, payback. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouse.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following IMEPRI on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. Be blessed and embrace, embrace your, your today. today.